fandom femmes. We are two queer femme nerds of color who use humor and fun to take your favorite convention's diversity panel and turn it into a year-round conversation. I'm Noelle. And I'm Justine. And welcome! Wow, wow, wow. We've got some cool announcements. Uh, May... It is the month of May. Wow. Welcome. Can you believe that? 2021. Swoosh. Fast. I mean, technically it's not – It's when we're recording this, it's not May yet, but it's going to be May. It's going to be May. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I mean, like, usually we're more in sync on this, but, you know. Oh, no. I just got juked there. Oh my god, I, that li- that literally took me a little bit. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I hope our guest today isn't cringing too hard. <laughs> Guess what? Cool announcement. This month of May, we're releasing every week. What? Can you believe that? You get four episodes this month. We spoiling y'all. Uh, That's but so wild. Because it is Asian Pacific Islander Heritage Month, so we'll be doing a bunch of collabs every single week. So look forward to that. Also, guess what? May is also Mental Health Awareness Month, and so we have a wonderful guest here from an organization called Anime for Humanity. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, hello. My name is Mary. I am with Anime for Humanity, um, pronouns she, her, and I am a director of sorts <laughs> we're kind of going through this huge expansion at the moment so right now i'm just director <laughs> Ooh, expanding yeah. is good yes <laughs> we from like a team of six to, i think we have almost 20 people right now wow that's amazing <laughs> yes that's exciting it is yeah and you know, like, congratulations on that. Um, Noelle and I, as we were kind of brainstorming how we wanted to observe Mental Health Awareness Month, we thought about your organization, Anime for Humanity, immediately. Because back in January, actually, when um, Noelle and I were uh, part of a performance troupe that was at Anime LA, your booth was located right next right to next ours. To yeah. yeah. <laughs> And um, you had, like, these really, really cool anime-themed self-care kits that you were giving yes. out. I still have, like, my bookmark and postcards Aww. and everything, too. I still have my postcard, too. Because I think, I think mine was – I think it was Haku. I don't know. It was um, – oh, no, no. It was it was a Your Name mm-hmm. postcard. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I, I hung it up on, like, my wall. Aww. <laughs> yeah. So when we first encountered your organization, we really gravitated towards y'all already. But for those of our listeners who um, haven't had the chance to interact with you yet, what's Anime for Humanity all about? What are your core values and mission? Yes. So Anime for Humanity is a nonprofit organization, and we are dedicated to challenging the stigma surrounding mental health, creating mental health awareness through anime, manga, cosplay, video games. Um, On a normal year, whatever that is at this point, uh, whenever we're able to get out there and go to conventions, we try to attend as many as we can across the country and pass out what y'all are talking about, our anime therapy kits. And they are 100% free. And they're just these awesome little packets of like goodies. They've got like anime recommendations, a postcard, a bookmark, a fortune cookie, but then also some really solid uh, mental health resource information as well and where people can reach out and take that next step. Or if someone they know is ready to take that next step to get professional assistance with their mental health. So good. 
So good. I remember how also approachable your um your booth was. Uh, I'm not. I don't remember if you were there. <laughs> I was. I was. Were, my were hair. Were you manning the booth most of the time? Most of the time, probably. My hair is a very different color than it was mm-hmm. <laughs> um, back then. But yeah, usually I can be found at the booth. Um, our founder Ben is usually there as well, and he's always told me to like shoo and like go have fun and like experience Aww. the cons. And I'm like, no, I love being here at the booth. I love talking to people. <laughs> yeah, you guys. I just remember my. I don't remember specifically because it, it feels like so long ago now. It does. LA. But I just remember um, just how warm and welcoming it felt, and just like. Hey, like I, I remember we didn't, I, did, I don't know, just did we walk over there ourselves or did, I felt like we got kind of flagged over like, hi, like, do you want one of these? I Honestly, think. probably a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> very effective marketing. We're always just yeah. like, hey, it's free. Take one. Oh, yeah. I, that was probably it. Cause yep. me, I'm like free stuff. I mm. like free stuff. Yeah. Who doesn't? <laughs> right. And then I just remember, cause I was with Justine at that time and I was like, oh my God, it's about mental health. It's about mental health. <laughs> I was like, that's so awesome. I've never seen that before at a convention. Mm-hmm. You know, all the booths are normally merch or like right. uh, cosplay booths or whatever it is. But to be able to see like um, mental health awareness at a whole booth was super cool. Yes. Yeah, it's it's really interesting how we become like this little like pause. It's this little calm amongst the chaos of conventions because mm. that's what always really surprises me is how people say how approachable we are, how friendly we are, how calm and cool we are. I was like, mm-hmm. we're like at WonderCon and ALA where it's just chaos on the yeah. show floor and people just feel really comfortable like talking to us. I think that's one of like our main goals is to be like that calm that community that sense of home no matter where you are right that's so great honestly (laughs) and I feel like when it comes to like um I don't know just spreading awareness about mental health that's such Mm -hmm. an important aspect to to have uh but yeah so why why um does anime for humanity choose to use anime as a way to have this conversation about mental health I think what's really awesome about the anime fandom as a whole is like once you're in your family, like mm-hmm. end of story. <laughs> um, and then another good thing about anime is, is there's something for everybody. There's slice of life, there's thriller, there's suspense, there's action adventure. And it just kind of becomes this bonding point. And we see these characters as well who like they're normal people like us, Uh, But they're also larger than life. But at the same time, they all have like obstacles. They all have struggles. They all have their inner demons. They all have that thing they're trying to achieve. And so it just becomes really relatable in a way. Um, And so that's why I think we've chosen anime as like this bridge and this open door to like conversations. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. And and honestly, like that's we we really I think I speak for the both of us when we say like we really resonate with that. Like we started this podcast because a lot of the times we've noticed these conversations about not only like not only mental health, but like diversity and inclusion mm-hmm. happen at conventions, but outside the panel, there's the conversation doesn't continue. Right. So when you mention that, you know, like um anime and fandom bring this familial element and this like community element um you know it it makes total sense Mm -hmm. to use to harp on that community element to have this important conversation about mental health um and i kind of wanted to elaborate a little bit more on that so um why do you think um so we talked about 
how this community can feel like family. Why do you think it's especially important for fandom communities to have these conversations about mental health? Um, I think, like, I guess for, like, any fandom, not just anime, I think it's important for fandoms to have that sense of trust with from within um, because sometimes maybe you're not comfortable having these conversations in real life. Maybe you're not ready to have these conversations in real life. Maybe you're trying to figure out how to talk to your parents, your guardians, your friends, your family. And so having anime or cosplay or manga is already that kind of comfort, that connection. It could help someone maybe process what they're going through, help them figure out how to start having those conversations outside and like in their real life. Um, Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> so it's kind of like exposure, like just more exposure to like the information and like understanding it, especially when it's something that has like graphics of like an anime you like, you know? Yeah. And like, I mean, I've seen characters in anime where I'm just kind of like, oh, that's me. Like, I didn't even mm-hmm. know like going into the anime what to expect. And I'll I'll kind of elaborate on it later um, is one of my talking points. But it's just kind of like, well, that's me. I can now like show someone like, this is what I'm going through. If you need to see what's what I'm experiencing, watch this scene. <laughs> <laughs> this timestamp from three yeah. minutes to fifty-one seconds. Yeah. <laughs> That's my life. <laughs> yeah, that is me yeah. right now. <laughs> right. I I really resonate with how you were talking about like how anime is like um, a form of comfort. Like that's mm. honestly how I felt um, a lot of the times when I have depressive bouts. Uh, I gravitate to to anime um, mm-hmm. and binging the hell out of it because like it just it's kind of, it's like out of everything that it feels like you know you like you can't control anything else. Mm-hmm. It felt like anime always felt like a constant for me. Like I always know it's gonna be there, and I can. I'm, I'm definitely an escapist, um, mm-hmm. so I've always been into like media and video games and etc. And I know that it's not really like I was just trying to run away from my problems or anything, but it definitely helped ease the anxiety and um, just soothe it over because it. I just was able to always just immerse myself in mm-hmm. in the story and the storytelling. And I always remember I always do this thing where like I kind of self-check when I'm watching anime and I like say I look out the window or something. Oh, I'm like, oh shit, this is reality. Like <laughs> I'm watching an anime. I'm not in the mm-hmm. anime. Like right. and that just feels so comforting because it's just like, oh I take I can take a break from this these terrible feelings that I feel on the daily, you know? Mm-hmm. Um so I like that um you mentioned comfort because that, that really hits home for me in terms of what ha- how I've dealt with my mental health and how anime has influenced that. So, yeah. yeah. I want to elaborate on that a little bit more too because, you know, in addition to comfort, you also mentioned how seeing what you're going through portrayed in front of you is also extremely validating. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. I, I really resonate with that too because speaking from my own experience, I there have definitely been times where – I've just been, my emotions have been like a tornado and I'm just in the middle watching all of them pass. And like, I don't know, I don't know, like, I don't have the words to tell someone how I'm feeling, you know, Mm -hmm. like, um, and I feel like a lot of the um, mental health kind of marketing or like a lot of the mental health, like cool little slide decks, like on Instagram that you go through is just like, don't be afraid to talk to someone, just talk about your feelings. But honestly, like- it's it's yeah. scary one 
And also, like, um, thinking from a multicultural perspective um, in different cultures and maybe with different identities that also come with barriers um, that we were socialized with that inhibit us from asking for help and, like, feeling Mm -hmm. empowered to ask for help. So oftentimes when I've dealt with, like, emotions alone um, and, like, really big feelings alone, I would really get down on myself because I'm just like, okay, well, if I can't even explain what I'm feeling to myself, how am I supposed to get help? But mm-hmm. seeing that portrayal in media was extremely validating because I'm like, oh my God, I'm not, I'm not, I know these are fictional characters, but it, it's very validating because it's like the fact that someone wrote about this mm-hmm. and it's displayed right in front of me means that someone somewhere understands what it's like mm-hmm. or can empathize with how it might feel in the moment. And I definitely felt less alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, yes. But yeah, so speaking of seeing ourselves in anime and media, um, what – let's get down to business. (laughs) (laughs) So the portrayal of mental health in anime and media. Oh, man, that's a a huge one. I mean – That's a big one. That's a a big one. I mean, anime itself, there's just so much to unpack (laughs) in in all the different genres. I feel like even in, like, different genres, sometimes certain things are portrayed a little differently. Um, But I guess let's just start off with this kickoff question. Uh, What are some of the existing mental health portrayals in anime and media? And let's stick with anime for now just to narrow it down. Mm-hmm. But I guess like a character, a situation, or just a specific whole anime, if it's that's what it's about, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one that's really fresh on my mind, and because I finally got around to watching the whole thing, I've watched it in two days, uh, Yuri on Ice. I was a little late to the game, but I finally got there. Um, and yeah, I binge watched it over the course of like two it's nights. So um, easy to binge. It's so great. I love it. <laughs> yeah, but and that's the one that I kind of mentioned earlier, where like I saw me and Yuri, and I think the way they represent like his anxiety, his insecurities, what he feels, how he's feeling about like himself, um, his how he feels others perceive him, how he thinks he's doing professionally. I think it's it's really touching. It's really like, Oh my gosh, I want to protect you. But it's also a really nice kind of beautiful way they do it too, because then they bring in Victor and like, they show like his family is always there supporting him no matter what, you know, mm-hmm. his family's never really like, Yuri, you're awful. They're always like, go, oh, you're your cheerleaders. And he doesn't even believe them. And it's mm-hmm. not until Victor comes along that he's like, found this cheerleader, found this coach, found this person who, starts to make him see like his potential, you know, and bring him out of his head. It's, it's his own head that he's stuck in, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's a really, <laughs> a really good representation. Um, and then also what really surprised me was my hero academia. Oh yeah. We, cause we see they're superheroes, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, and you'd be like, well, that's, you know, badass. I, they can't have any problems. They're superheroes. But they do. They have mm-hmm. insecurities. They're questioning, am I good enough to be a hero? Am I good enough to be at the school? Um, if they maybe aren't successful at saving someone, then they're very hard on themselves. So just those little aspects of it was really kind of surprising to me. Is like It's not just like a happy action shonen. It gets pretty deep. And I think this new season, we're going to get really dark and really deep, too. I have not 
caught up on the manga. Mm, so I'm not caught up I'm, I'm just here. I'm just watching the anime. Same. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. like, <sighs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, um, you know, it's really interesting. I, I didn't really think about Yuri on Ice as like, like, ooh, like a mental health portrayal. And I'm like, right? Oh, dang. Yeah. Like, it actually makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I mean, if you think about like other sports animes too, like, like, oh man, there, there's a lot of imposter syndrome. There's a yeah. lot of, you know, like there's a lot of that. And that's also like, I know when we think about mental health, a lot of people think about like the big, the big, you know, issues like depression, anxiety, mm-hmm. or disorders um, and stuff like that. All of the, mm, just like heightened, not, not heightened, but like just the, like it, Ex- just like exaggerated um, portrayal of of these things. A lot of the times I've seen in anime, it's like normally if someone has some kind of mental disorder or mm-hmm. it's it's very manic. It's normally like a, a manic type. So like for example, if we have like a yandere, like there's clearly <laughs> yeah. some issues there. <laughs> like <laughs> we like, and why is it that you know? Oh, this is kind of became a tangent but like when i think of like like mental health in terms of like this type of manic behavior i think of like yandere's and i'm like oh man like why why is that become not exact uh kind of fetishized in the sense mm-hmm. that it is one of the categories of a way of like someone to be a lover and mm-hmm. it's like is that really like should we really be pushing that like some people are like you know they'll say that the preferences are like oh i like dede dedes i like soon dedes and i like yan dedes so it's just like oh so you support someone you know going through it and like <laughs> and like not i don't know it's it's just kind of weird for me cuz it's like oh i get it it's like okay but there's some yan dedes where it's like it's not okay like if if you ever watched happy sugar life <laughs> I haven't seen that one. It's a Yandere anime, and it's just like, oh, man, there's so much trauma. There's so much uh, neglect. There's And it, it's in, it's definitely um, – I wouldn't recommend it to those of faint heart, uh, but it's definitely one where it visually it really goes into – like normally like in like a slice of life, there'll be like a Yandere, and it's like a mild one. They're like, Haha, if you if you don't love me, I'll kill you. Like, oh, shit, like – even there, there's like some some like you have some issues, but um, yeah. but like in this anime, Happy Sugar Life, it's like they actually go into the visuals of what's going on in her head and like how some things seem a little schizophrenic or some things seem a little like um, like the anxiety of like like oh what is it called like they're they're projecting that what they think someone thinks of them onto like that person. Um, but yeah, yeah it, it was uh, that one's a little a, a little crazy. That that's a little more of like a, I guess, negative portrayal. <laughs> oh yeah. Of, or I mean, I wouldn't really say accurate because I feel like once again, it's just like a, it's like taking a big handful of like and throwing it in your face. Like <laughs> I don't know how to explain that, but. Yeah, I, I'm I'm hearing like, um, like it's a it's an over like dramatization of yeah. like, and it's mm-hmm. very very extra. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and like you brought up a really good point too. I'm actually very curious. You know, like, um, are these 
like things like you know if if yanda is like experience like a very very intense fear of rejection or a fear mm-hmm. of neglect how much of that is trivialized by saying like oh they're just yanda you know what i mean yeah. like rather than like oh they might have like attachment issues you know yeah. like they need they have a very like like something probably happened to them when they were like in their formative years they should probably yeah. like, we should probably get them checked out like that kind of thing right, like, you should right. probably seek help for that so i i feel like yeah like happy sugar life they actually did a good job at like um illustrating kind of like like i said like what's going on in her head and like they actually do go into a backstory of what happened in her formative years um but yeah it's just kind of uh, oof violence oh my god mm-hmm. it was just it was very like kind of graphic as well and so um I feel like it was it was good at, like on its own as an anime, but in terms of how it's seen in the community, it is labeled as like that's a yandere anime, like like because you know how like oh there's shojo et cetera et cetera. Mm-hmm. I know yandere isn't really like a genre, but in in the realm of like shojo, I know like some people are, are like oh what are some yandere like recommendations? Like mm-hmm. people have asked me because they know I watch everything, so <laughs> and I'm like. You want one? I got one for you. But the fact that, like you said, Justine, that there is like a a whole label just for it is like, is that okay? I don't, I don't know if that's okay. But how about you, Justine? What's a? I mean, that's not my one portrayal. But like, <laughs> well, I we kind of like jumped off the deep end there. <laughs> but yeah. what about you, Justine? Yeah. So honestly, like, it's been a it's been a minute since I've watched anime. Like, before we started recording, like Mary mentioned, you know, it's been a minute since since she's watched anime. Then I'm like, no, I'm in the same boat as you. Um, mm-hmm. I the the latest anime that I watched was actually because of an episode that we did, and we watched <gasps> Your Lie Your Lie in April. Yeah. And um, it was a, it was my first time watching it. Um, it's a very like. It's a very visually like beautiful anime, but what I really liked and I like gravitated towards was um, their portrayals of or like how they visualized like trauma. Um, and maybe they didn't straight up call it trauma, but like for me, um, like for example, like the the protagonist, Adi Makose, uh, has this um, this because he was conditioned for from when he was very young to play piano like very perfectly um and had all this parental pressure to succeed um like from his mother there was there was like uh it, like in, in the very first episode they show him freezing up like at a really big concert for when he was really young and in that traumatic experience it took him a while to even be comfortable like playing in the piano like playing the piano again and i really relate to this idea of like a traumatic event can seriously stop you in your tracks and you know contrary to popular belief if people say like oh if you're depressed and you're sad you could just be happy like go for a walk you know paint by numbers all this fun stuff take a bubble (laughs) bath you know but and and I think that's those are some ways that you can self-care but I think what was really cool about that anime is that it showed um healing from trauma as a process um Mm -hmm. because like i think even by the end of the anime he still had a lot of issues and like um internal struggles to overcome but it showed the steps were taken throughout 
the the course of the anime as well um and it also i also really liked how it portrayed the impact of um like the whole idea of like intentions versus impact and how like um with intergenerational communication about certain topics like especially between like elders and um and children there can be a lot of disconnect because Mm -hmm you know, your elders might want what's best for you, but they might not know how to give it to you because they themselves, when they were kids, like that's not how they were cared for too. Mm -hmm. So we see this like intergenerational trauma and how these things are kind of passed down from parent to child without even meaning to. So I think another important mental health portrayal in anime um, that I would like to talk about uh, or in media in general is mental health kind of being used as a um as like a horror trope um Mm. like yeah like for example i mean i um i like go to theme parks and stuff like and when it's halloween time um all the theme parks have like scary mazes and there's almost always one where people go through a sanatorium Mm. or an asylum and the monsters are like clients and patients of that asylum yeah yeah. So, um, do y'all have any? I- I'm curious. Like, what are some of y'all's thoughts on that, Mary? Um, I'm trying to think of how to word it because it's not really like it's not my own perspective, but something that was kind of brought to my attention of how like media, Hollywood, entertainment can inaccurately and very harmfully portray mental health. Uh, we have mm-hmm. someone, a very active member in our Discord community, who has dissociative identity disorder. And it wasn't a condition that I was very aware of until they joined and they kind of found comfort within Anime for Humanity to open up, talk about it. Because again, this was kind of one of those, they didn't really have a lot of people in their real life who wanted to understand or wanted to hear them mm-hmm. talk about what they were going through. So we, but we were there, we're like, no, educate us. Like, we want to know, we want to hear like, what, like what's going on. Um, and then they start talking about like, well, you may not know this, but like this movie, um, like I think the movie Split, yeah, I think has it, mm-hmm. and he's just like, that's he's like, that's like present like you said as a horror movie. He's like, and that person's treated like a monster. He's like, but he's a person, and then seeing like myself who also has that diagnosis, like in my real life, he's like, I can see why people all immediately are like, oh, you're a monster. But I'm, he's like, but I'm not, mm-hmm. you know, because it's a, it's a trauma-based um, diagnosis. It's something very traumatic happens to you as a child, you mm-hmm. know, and this person didn't even realize what they were going through or didn't have a name for until later in life. So they really kind of like opened my eyes even more to like, yeah, like that's, that's messed up. Why, yeah. <laughs> why are we treating like patients of an asylum like monsters or villains or something to be afraid of whenever they're just they're people who need help in a different Mm -hmm. way than we do right yeah yeah i really hear you on that um specifically like kind of going back to this idea of like um asylums as well you know like these buildings were basically like put in place to keep those who had mental illnesses and disorders away to essentially lock them up there was Mm -hmm. it was a 
there was a lot of mistreatment there, you know? And um, personally, like when I see that, like things like that portrayal in, in Split, you know, like Mm -hmm. when I see a lot of people kind of what, when I see like, that's the only portrayal of DID that's like out there in the world or sometimes, you know, other disorders, like, or even, even when people kind of colloquially say things like, oh, I'm so OCD mm-hmm. or, um, oh, wow, I'm so bipolar today and they don't have that condition, it really trivializes it and yeah. makes it – and honestly to me like makes it less – like trivializes it but also kind of downplays how real it is mm-hmm. and makes it almost ha- – I'm trying to find the words to say this, but in reality like there are a lot of people who have – who have DID. There are a lot of people who have bipolar disorder, who have right. obsessive compulsive disorder, but saying like, I'm so OCD or I'm bipolar or things like that um, kind of pushes them to the, to the side and makes it less real, you know, mm-hmm. like it makes it more of a, tr- yeah. Okay. I have the words now. Um, it took a minute, but there, it makes it more of, it reduces this, um, the, a part of who someone is down to a trope rather mm-hmm. than seeing it as like, a part of a whole ass person, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah. And especially when you were talking about, you know, asylums and stuff, I I was thinking about it and I was realizing that, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, like, yeah, asylums and sanatoriums have this type of reputation where people are getting mistreated and it's scary, right? And so I'm trying to imagine like, oh, what if I were experiencing certain symptoms and I felt like maybe I should get help, but then that's the only like mm-hmm. the only impression I have of where mental health, like people with mental health illnesses are getting treated and getting help. Like I would feel more hesitant to try and get help because I'm like, well, no, I don't want to go through all of that. I mean, honestly, even seeing like some of that stuff, like sometimes I see it on TikTok too, like people documenting when they're in like the the facilities. And even then it's just like, oh man, this is a lot. Like but then again, like, I, I don't completely understand, you know? So, like, I'm kind of imagining, like, this type of imagery uh, representing mental health in media right now is just literally scaring people away <laughs> from mm-hmm. the possibility of getting help, you know? Yeah. So we already kind of touched on a little bit um, on this a little bit, but I'm curious to see, like, what um, – with all these portrayals into consideration, um, what are some messages – that these um, examples are kind of sending um, when oftentimes, yeah, like what are what are some of the the messages that are being sent about mental health like through these pieces of media? I think for like from like a more positive <laughs> perspective, um, yeah. that and something that we touched on during like our anime month uh, last year is we focused on support systems instead of focusing on characters who experience anxiety, depression. Um, bipolar, various other conditions, um, we focused on the support system that goes with it because mm-hmm. I don't think people realize or I think people need to realize that it's okay to ask for help. And that's, you, like, you tell people that all the time, like, it's okay, it's okay, it's easier said than done, of course. Um, but sometimes if you just kind of like peek open that door just a little bit, your friends will be like, no, yo, like, I want to help you. Like, just mm-hmm. tell me what you need, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it kind of, like, seeing those portrayals of support systems within anime, I think will encourage people to be like, okay, if this person who's experiencing similar things that I'm feeling 
is able to reach out to their friends, maybe I can start to do the same. So it kind of shows that like, you do feel alone, but you don't have to be alone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We love that. Yeah. I um, I guess <laughs> – oh, man. I feel like I'm like the devil's advocate here. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> I guess kind of going along with um, – I mean, we kind of already touched on how these negative portrayals um, can send certain messages and, and how it would make people feel about their own mental health. Um, but I want to share a a good example <laughs> of of um, mental health portrayal in anime. Uh, I I am on list two, I think. Um, one is a bit more optimistic, and another one's a bit more. I want I want I don't want to say realistic, but like raw. I would say, I guess. So the optimistic one, I like um, Mob Psycho, one hundred. Ah, yes, yes. Uh, He, it's it, it's pretty great. the The character development was pretty amazing um, for Mob Psycho in terms of um, him coming into himself and uh, just getting over. Because he had his deal was that he had to like try to control his emotions and that he he felt that he had to be emotionless so that he wouldn't hurt anybody and stuff so he had to like un- did you ever watch this team i watched a little bit of it but i haven't finished it it's pretty granine so <laughs> <laughs> um it's definitely up there for me it's it's you know an anime is up there for me if i have a poster of it so like nice, <laughs> I have a poster nice. Of it. um but yeah so it's it's literally so uh for some context, just seen it, or have you watched it, Mary? As well? I've seen a little bit of it. I haven't a finished bit. it. Yeah, I, I won't spoil anything. But basically, uh, he has psychic powers, and um, a, a lot. He realizes that when he gets too emotional, that his psychic powers manifest, and he might hurt people. And because he had hurt someone, um, in, someone in question is his brother, his younger brother, in the past as children, and so. Um, Throughout the anime, we see he's very, like, not exactly shy, but just very quiet and keeps to himself and tries to inhibit his emotions. Um, But as the anime progresses, we see his growth and trying to um, better express those emotions. And, um, and yeah, and I mean, it manifests in psychic powers. That's pretty cool. (laughs) So um, there's that. And then also, I would say psychopaths. Psychopath is the more kind of raw one where it, it there's a lot of moral debate on like um, so in this dystopian society people are uh, judged based on their mental state so like judged and and or imprisoned based on their mental state um, because I guess that societal order decided that if someone has a certain mental state that's over a certain number in terms of like it's not stable then they they can't be an active citizen in their society so um it goes through like this whole like we see people even someone content warning assault uh someone a woman that just got assaulted in public um though she she's the one that went through the trauma and we would see as the victim this society like deems um her like to be like taken in because and not even i i don't 
I'm not – I haven't watched this in so long. But Justine, do you remember? Like, like I know at a certain level, like, they were considered, like, they, they, they can, sh- like, kill them on site. But at, mm-hmm. a, like, another level, like, they just stun them. And it's, like, their equipment mm-hmm. automatically determines just from reading, like, their vital signs or something mm-hmm. that, like – they're too stressed out. You 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 can't be here anymore. Like, mm-hmm. um, and and then it was interesting because the antagonist was someone that, though extreme, like you know believed the opposite of the system and like wanted like everyone to just be free and do like experience their their emotions in life as it is. So. It was interesting because that person was an antagonist. So it was um, – it kind of like I, – I say this is a good portrayal because, I mean, in terms of like how they portrayed certain people's um, like characters' behaviors and stuff with what they were dealing with was very raw and true, I feel mm-hmm. like. Um, and it really just makes you question like like is it really bad to to have to experience that? Does that make you a bad person? to the point like it doesn't you know like so um that's my example (laughs) yeah i just wanted to include those because i was like oh man i'm i'm a downer (laughs) you know like i was reflecting on what you said about um what mary what you said about my hero and noelle like what you just said right now about mob psycho it made Mm -hmm. me think and i'm just like huh you know when it's it, it's like it's a trope pretty much now where you know when we see our protagonists get their powers it's always under a very high stress situation mm-hmm. right like um oh my gosh I, I i'm totally blanking on examples right now but oh <clears throat> like like miles morales when he mm. um he was he was nervous right to like go ahead and in, in, into the spider verse he was nervous to like talk to Gwen and stuff and then that's when he realized like his hands were were sticking and like he was sticking to everything you know um and that extreme emotion kind of like brought it out of him and um how many times have we seen like like superheroes just like stop themselves from getting hit by a bus just in that moment um mm-hmm. with like there's and then discover their powers that way um things like that you know um i think that i could be just reading too much into this but like to me um or like one way to look at it is that like our feelings are powerful mm-hmm. and we can and it's our they, they can be powerful forces right but when we learn how to regulate them then we become powerful people yes. you know mm-hmm. but when they Agreed. go yeah, yeah, but then when they go unregulated, you know, if we mm-hmm. don't exercise that self-control, if we don't check ourselves, then we can end up hurting ourselves and other people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And, like, I-, I was also thinking about this, too. But, Mary, have you watched Legend of Korra? Yes. You have? Yeah. Yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I rewatched it from start to finish. And I, w- I-, I was just texting Noelle every day because <laughs> it was the first time I had watched it since it originally aired. So yeah, it's, it's been a I'm while. Due for a rewatch, I think. <laughs> Yes. Oh my God. Like I, I highly recommend you do that. Um, because especially now that I'm older, like, like, um, when I was originally watching Cora, I was like a freshman in college. So that was like, wow, like almost, I can't do math. Um, like over six years ago. Um, and like watching it again, I started to pick up on messages that 
like from the anime or from the anime. I mean, it's an anime. Yeah, but an anime. it's an anime. Yeah, I'm on the it's side an of the, that it's an anime. Yeah, yeah. But yep. <laughs> I was picking up on messages that I um I that didn't speak to me when I was at that age. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, like for example, I mean, I'll leave a spoiler free version, but um, in the way like people talk about trauma in that particular mm-hmm. thing, you know, trauma is painted as this force that weighs, that weighs people down. And it could be, and it's your body's response thinking that the thing that hurt them in the past is continuing to hurt them right now, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but like, there's this whole process um, that they can go through with the help of community and also whenever they're ready to kind of get back into the place where like they're not fighting it anymore. You know, this mm. this is something that happened to them in the past, but it's not happening to them right now. And there's like a whole there's a whole process oh, yeah. that has to be gone through, you know. Mm. Uh yes. And also I, I feel like the like um in terms of Korra, I don't once again, not no spoilers, but because, you know, there's bending and stuff and, like, this spiritual sense. Like, there's a lot of, like um, – how do I say this without spoiling? <laughs> <laughs> um, because – I don't know. Because I feel like, you know, their bending is an extension of themselves and kind of a representative mm-hmm. of, like, their their own inner um, – I don't want to say psyche, but the, their, their spirit, right? So – um, it was it was really interesting to see how it manifests like physically and also instead of just being like, oh, you know, like, you know how a lot of the times like um, in media, they, they kind of like don't really tell you explicitly that like, oh, this person's going through trauma, this person's going through this, you know, like, I think it was pretty explicit <laughs> and um, the character's behavior was also pretty like accurate. I would say true to what they were going through. Awesome. So yeah, thank you so much for sharing everyone. Um, I'm curious now, um, how has anime helped your mental health journey? You know, um, do you have any comfort shows or anything like that? Uh, I definitely do. It's it's a silly one too. Uh, or on high host <gasps> club. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's one of mine too. Yes. It has been my comfort anime since I was in junior high. Yes. <laughs> if I just need to feel happy and to yes. laugh, like I'll just put it on in the background sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's funny. It's silly. 95% chaos. They get serious like 5% of the time, but most of the time it's just colorful pastel chaos. Yes. I love it. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's definitely one of mine for sure. <laughs> uh-huh. Another one of mine is actually uh, Kaichiwa Meitsama. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because it, it's just very nostalgic for me because it's my first shoujo I've ever watched. And so if I like one of the things is like, oh, well, I don't know what to watch. I guess I'm watching Kaichiwa Meitsama. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I feel like there's this comfort in like shows that you've watched over and over because you know it's going to happen next. Yeah. yeah. But you still love it equally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you know how it's going to make you feel mm-hmm. um, especially. I th- and like you know – you know, you're going to laugh, you know, you're going to experience like joy when you watch it. Mm-hmm. So it's like a good go-to strategy. I, I, for one, am always like, I'm almost afraid to watch new shows in particular because I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. And um, sometimes 
shows are good about it, but other times they they don't give you content warnings before something really, really like intense and traumatic happens mm-hmm. on screen, especially if it's like gratuitous. Um, like for me, I definitely um, I definitely appreciate content warnings, especially around things like violence against women. Um, if that's really it was hard, it was really hard for me to watch Game of Thrones because of how Oof. gratuitous it was. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, like that's why content warnings like help, especially um, before I start like a new whether it's like a new K drama or like a new show or anything. I like always look up um, look it up on does the dog because it has oh. trigger warnings for like a <gasps> bunch of different things. Oh. I yeah. love that there's a website for that. That's a very good website to have. Oh yeah, it's amazing. Um, there's also one in particular. Um, like, and feel free if you have like any resources that you'd like us to share. Like, um, we can compile like a list too. Oh, there are definitely resources specifically around like um like sexual violence as portrayed mm-hmm. in um in media. So like there there are websites that you can go to where like they'll rate media from like on a on a scale from like green to red um based on how graphic the violence is and if there is any violence at all you know um and and yeah like i'd say like at the top of my head um a comfort show this isn't an anime but a comfort show that i really like is brooklyn 99 um <laughs> yes. i yeah it's one of my it's it's one of my favorite shows of all time and it's just very it's very silly it's really fun um and it's not um sometimes honestly at the end of like a long day like I don't want to learn anymore I don't want to like do emotional labor anymore so I just want to laugh I just want to watch something silly um so that's that for me I also remember this is back to anime related Noelle is gonna roast me so hard when I say this I already know you already know um (laughs) so like I, I've mentioned several times on this podcast that my I got into anime like quote unquote late. Like the first anime mm-hmm. I watched from start to finish was free, like the swimming anime. Mm-hmm. And I remember for a time, like whenever I was having a really bad day, I would watch a very specific episode of Free Eternal Summer, like their <laughs> season two. And it's the episode where Makoto, who is my favorite character in Free, teaches a little boy who's afraid of the water how to swim. And it's just <laughs> it's just it's just so cute and heartfelt and like there was that was my go-to for a really long time whenever I was feeling down I'm just like okay season two episode whatever the number like time to go (laughs) yep that's cute though I like that yeah that one that sounds really cute I swear I was like is Justine gonna say free (laughs) I always say free I always say free (laughs) I was like free's gotta be in there oh yeah um, and I also kind of wanted to to ask Mary, you know, like when because you mentioned the Discord server, right? Like, mm-hmm. are you one of the mods for like this Discord server and like this online community and everything like that? Uh, I am. Yeah, we have like different ranks. So like, I'm we have people who specifically are there just to moderate, and then we also have people who like myself are like staff members who do a lot of behind the scenes stuff as mm-hmm. well. Um, a d- nice little different color just so you can know, like, oh, if I have questions about like more of like how to volunteer how to get involved like I can ask someone like one of them you know yeah cool yeah I wanted to ask because like you know I I understand how you know being these like advocates for mental health can also um be very emotionally taxing too Mm -hmm. um and you know like being a support for a lot of these people like who and like being the community that 
that somebody needs at that time can also take a lot out of you. So Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to know like what keeps you doing this kind of work? What keeps you involved and um, engaging with this specific topic and building this specific community? I think volunteering like at the booth for the very first time really kind of put into perspective like the change that you can make in someone just by being there and just by being like, hey, we're here to talk about mental health. It's okay to talk about. Here's some resources. They're free. It's also some fun goodies as well. Um, I'd been doing like some volunteer work, uh, just kind of behind the scenes for I think two or three months before I got to actually go to a booth. Mm. And hearing people just there on the spot, just be so thankful for our presence, like just being there. They're like, we need more of this. Like, you know, this is such a good tool. Having people who are parents, like be like, oh, my daughter's here walking around with her friends, you know, but I worry about her. I worry about, does she have anxiety? Is she having these sort of thoughts? So knowing that like you're here and like her age group is here is like, it really makes me feel good. You know, Um, we've had, school counselors come up to us. We've had social workers who take our kids and are like, I want to use this as a tool to talk to my patients, you know, because I know they're really into anime. So, um, and then we give them information. We're like, email us, we'll send you like 20, you know, we'll send you however many kits you need. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) So seeing, like I said, just the impact that it does have like firsthand is what really keeps me going. (laughs) That's amazing. Right. Yeah. I mean, y'all are really doing the work. And I mean, it's really, like I've said, it's like, it's really, really cool to see, um, especially like you said, like um, parents with children and their mm. age group. I mean, like, I feel like especially, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm an adult and, you know, I'm at a convention. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, like, but then there's also kids that are way younger than me at conventions too. So I feel like it's, it's great to be able to impact such a like a wide age range, especially mm-hmm. with like because this interest mm-hmm. anime has a, a like a, a wide age range. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like in the Discord server, like we have people half my age, we have people twice my age. Like it's a really wide group, you know. But we're all anime fans. We all we're all here for the same reason. It's kind of cool. the same thing being out on the convention floor. Mm. It's like we all have one thing in common. We're all here for the exact same reason. So yeah. why not, you know, make friends? Yeah. <laughs> we're all giant nerds at the end of the day. We are. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, your um, your organization is doing great work. So in terms of like, I guess, introducing mental health to this landscape. So what what kinds of changes uh, would you like to see in discussions of mental health in the anime community? For example, creation, um, convention culture. Convention culture, I've already started to see it change a little bit. It made me really happy to see how they're starting to make kind of like quiet areas. Like they'll reserve oh meeting rooms where if you just need a break from like the loud the chaos, the show floor, like you can go and just sit in this room and just kind of like, just mm-hmm. kind of like sit in silence. Like, I don't think they allow cell phones to be used in there. I don't think they allow you to play music. Like it's meant to just be a quiet room. And I wish I could remember which convention I saw it at, but I was like, that's really nice, you know, mm-hmm. especially for people who may get sensory overloads very easily, yeah. you know, Um 
And we've even like, I've even like talked to people at the booth. They're like, this is my first convention. This is a lot. I was like, you're here. You're doing great. Like, I was like, if you need to take a break, I was like, come sit behind the booth for five for five minutes if you need to, you know, but knowing Aww. that there's meeting rooms where people can just kind of go and like I said, just breathe for a second is really nice. Um, and then I think, I don't know if we're quite at the point of making like large impact changes yet, but crunch culture um you know within the anime industry and it's been almost glamorized in a way where people are like oh like you work so hard you get only two hours of sleep like i'm a hard worker and i'm getting Mm. things done and it's like no you need rest (laughs) you know um it's being talked about more even outside of like the anime industry like within video games and just kind of creative fields in general about like crunch time is not a good thing. There has to be ways to avoid this. There has to be ways to encourage a good work-life balance for your employees. You know, Mm -hmm. working them to death is not the way to go. (laughs) So those are changes that I think we're starting to see more and more progress of, and I'm all on board for. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I definitely, (laughs) I've definitely seen the whole like glamorization of not mm-hmm. sleeping mm-hmm. um and yeah like that's that's not it, it shouldn't it shouldn't be glamorized you know because you're yeah. right you know like everything can exist like can and should exist like in a healthy balance and if we get a bunch of people in a room that are sleep deprived and haven't eaten and have mm-hmm. only and are surviving the whole day on a chicken nugget like <laughs> that's not <laughs> then Cranky people are gonna yeah. yeah people are gonna be sad people are gonna mm-hmm. be really overwhelmed you know yeah. um yeah definitely and um noelle and i have talked about this in the past too but like um specifically with convention culture we wanted to talk about like accessibility and like mm-hmm. you know because it gets it gets really crowded and it can get really hot and oh, um yeah. there's nowhere to sit down and you can't sit down anywhere um so it's really cool to know that there are some conventions that are having quiet areas mm-hmm. uh, where you you can and should do that <laughs> yeah. it's time to decompress exactly like, yep. <laughs> relax yeah. your shoulders yeah uh, rest your feet <laughs> right and like with with that as well, you know, it's it's really I think like initiatives like that and also like um, orgs like Anime for Humanity are kind mm-hmm. of um, poking at this idea like, oh, well, this is convention culture. If you can't hack it, then you can't go, you know, mm-hmm. like yeah. so it's really so kind of breaking that and like picking that apart is really going to allow more of our like more of this big community, this anime family, this like family of nerds to experience this Mm -hmm. you know um and yeah and i kind of wanted to um pivot a little bit uh because you know it's been it's been a minute since we've been to a convention because of um you know the pandemic Mm -hmm. and we want to we're already as things are starting to open up like Mm -hmm. i i personally am really excited for and like hopeful and optimistic uh, that mm-hmm. you know we will be able to go to a convention soon because like noelle and i definitely want to meet more people like y'all we met y'all at a convention so right. <laughs> so like we would we would love to like um you know find more people to feature on fandom femmes and to like really um open up our community of listeners as well um but we're not there yet not quite um and 
um, in addition to a lot of the mental or like the physical effects that um, the situation has had on people, there's a lo- also a lot of adverse mental um, impacts that folks are experiencing while mm-hmm. they're um, at home. You know, like the physical distancing is also distancing from pe- from community, from like social spaces mm-hmm. and stuff. So, um, for so, what kind of uh, tips? does Anime for Humanity have for um, folks struggling with their mental health like in, within this pandemic? Whenever the pandemic first started, um, I think it, we saw a lot of people, or I saw a lot of people, I guess, within my own circles, within like the Discord who were kind of like, oh, yeah, you get to like stay in my house. That's cool. And we kind of started to have these conversations of like, okay, but not everyone is okay with that. There's people who are very extroverted and who this is like, this is not normal for them. They're not able mm-hmm. to talk to people face to face. Talking online is not the same to them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so we spent a lot of time, especially on our social media pages, like trying to do our best to find ways to encourage people like to still find like that human interaction, um, like FaceTiming with your friends, um, having phone calls instead of text messages. Um, so still trying get that one-on-one feeling um and then for me personally I think finding a routine was really important mm-hmm. um my sleep schedule just Ugh. was mm-hmm. out the window yeah. <laughs> like and I'm a night owl by nature too so that really didn't help either is I was staying up till three or four o'clock in the morning I was sleeping in really late I was like I need to so getting myself back on like a quote unquote normal sleep schedule was really important and finding that routine for myself. Um, and then now, like you said, as we're starting to come out of this pandemic, people are uneasy about it. And that's kind of the general feeling right now. And I think that's okay. You know, we've been in our homes for a year now and everyone's kind of like, what's the real world going to be like? And so I think it's Mm. okay to feel uneasy, but don't let that hold you hold you back, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, Um, but just know that you're not alone in that feeling either. Um, So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I I definitely resonate with that in terms of like, I mean, this is collective trauma. (laughs) It is. You know, like everyone, I feel like for me, I had to learn during this pandemic that like I have to be a lot more forgiving of myself mm-hmm. and just be like this is not a normal circumstance like like okay yeah like you're you're gaining weight but like <laughs> and that's not exactly your fault <laughs> like yeah. you know so it's just I feel like um since after I've learned more, to be more forgiving for to myself like normally if I hear my friends or even just colleagues saying like oh man I'm not doing so well and stuff and stuff I'm like it, it's okay like you know like you're you're definitely not alone like this is mm-hmm. Like, like, this is not your fault, you know, yeah. like, we're all going through it. Like, so it's just comforting to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just remembered because I had a conversation with my mom one day and my mom, um, she was kind of like, she's like, I don't know if this is a normal feeling. She's like, but I'm kind of scared to go to the grocery store. I'm nervous that I'm doing something wrong. Like, is my mask on correctly? Am I social distance? She's like, she's like, it feels so weird to be afraid of going to the grocery store. She's like, is this normal? I was like, yeah, mom, a lot of people are nervous about going outside right now, mm-hmm. you know? And so it was interesting hearing like from her perspective, you know, like that kind of generation gap that like between me and her of like, 
she's like, this is like weird. And she also comes, I think, kind of from that generation of like, you just kind of keep it in, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so hearing her like openly talk about that was kind of like, oh, mom, you know, like, I'm glad mm-hmm. we're having this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm glad I can like confirm for you that it, what you're feeling is okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for um for all the insight you've given so far um we are going to pivot into our next segment i'm kind of nervous to do this intro now because noelle and i have tried multiple times to get it and we, we haven't gotten it yet but we'll get it here one day <laughs> okay here let's here let's let's mix it up how about you do as many guzz as your heart desires and then i'll do the get wrecked and then we can start okay okay all right, y'all. <laughs> Are y'all ready for this? It's time for get wrecked. <laughs> it's okay. That was that was a method. That was clean. That's a method. That was, I feel like that was the most clean one we've ever done. <laughs> yeah. All right. So welcome to our wonderful segment of our recommendations. Uh, Mary, would you like to go first? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm obligated at this point because my friends are probably wishing I'd stop talking about it at this point, um, but <laughs> I won't stop talking about Jujutsu Kaisen. It, is, <laughs> it has been my obsession. I have watched it twice now. <laughs> um, so definitely that, um, little Anime for Humanity plug. Um, we're doing this awesome kind of Q&A, we're calling it Q&Anime series on our YouTube page now, where we're actually talking to voice actors. Um, What? Yeah, we've talked to like Tom Bauer, Joe Hernandez, like they're video game voice actors, they're uh, anime voice actors, um, and we're getting the opportunity to sit down and like some other team members are handling it, so I kind of get to listen to it for the first time whenever the YouTube episode gets uploaded. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's really nice to hear about like the voices of these characters talk about like their time in the industry, their experiences, which characters they relate to um, their obstacles and their own mental health as well. Um, And then another thing that I, my friends are going to be like, Oh my God, Mary, please. Uh, The video game Hades has been like my, my video game therapy at the moment. (laughs) Yes. Very relatable. So Those are my recommendations. (laughs) Thank you. I, I did want to ask, like, so you mentioned you you talked about like why you gravitate towards Jujutsu Kaisen, but like, um, what has gravitated you towards Hades? Like, what do you like about it? Um, I'm a very visual person. Like, the art style is what kind of grabbed me right away. I don't normally play roguelike games, um, but the music is incredible. Like, I listen to the music while I work now mm-hmm. too. Like, I'll have the music. Playing. the music's amazing the characters are amazing the story's amazing it's this kind of dungeon crawl game but it doesn't feel repetitive mm-hmm. and so it's something i can either like go hardcore and like focus on and be like all right i'm gonna do this this and this or like i can just sit on the couch and like kind of zone out and just kind of like go through the room so it's good to zone out and good to focus on at the same time mm-hmm. <laughs> i feel that <laughs> yeah what about you noelle uh hmm I am going to recommend an anime that actually kind of fits in with our theme for the episode today. Uh, it's called ReZero. Um, 
Very good. Very good. In terms of how it's related to the episode today is essentially um, not only the main character, but the protagonist especially really has to go through a lot of emotional and mental growth. Um, A lot of trauma has to sort through. uh, But essentially, really quick synopsis, it's an isekai, you know, just normal Japanese uh, neat that (laughs) gets transported to another world and um, there's a very special condition that magical condition that is upon him <laughs> that pretty much makes the entire anime. Um, but yeah, uh, I would definitely recommend it. It's written so well. Um, the second season just came out, so go binge that easy. Uh, <laughs> it's but it's it's written. It's absolutely like it's one of the, those animes where you're like wow this is an anime like (laughs) like how is it like it's just so mature and uh like the plot is i'm pretty good at predicting plots because i was a film major and i'm like i've like been so exposed to media for so long that like i kind of get the gist and kind of know where Mm -hmm. this writing is gonna go etc etc but this one literally slaps me in the face and i'm like plot armor what's that like uh <laughs> so um 10 out of 10 would recommend uh also it's 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 beautiful it's uh animated very well too and and yeah super easy to <sighs> binge sorry i'm just mm-hmm. thinking about how i binged it so hard <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh my god. Thank you so much for that, Noelle. Um, okay, so kind of in the vein of mental health. This is it is in the vein of mental health, even though mine's not seemed like it at first. But my free, recommendation no, no, it's not free, Noelle. <laughs> it's not free. Um, but <laughs> but my recommendation is a Netflix original called Agretzico. And <gasps> It is. Have you seen it? Like Noelle, have you seen it? I've seen. I watched all of it after I. Oh my god! Yeah. Talk about it. What about what about you, Mary? Have I've you seen, seen only like a few episodes? I need to go back and finish it though. Oh my gosh, I I love it so much. The episodes are only fifteen minutes long. It's yeah. very colorful. It's very it's very silly, um, but it tackles like there's just so much great messaging about like what it's like to be in your mid-20s and just kind of navigating professional life and like wanting to follow your dream but also it's about i guess short synopsis so it's a sanrio show so think like hello kitty Mm -hmm. um she's like a she's a red panda named retzko and she works at a corporate job at an accounting firm and sometimes when she's feeling stressed um because you know she works for a corporation and um you know like her boss is mean to her she's dealing with a lot of stress at work she's very like grin and bear it type thing but the way she practices self-care is she goes to a karaoke room and she um (laughs) writes her own death metal songs and it's 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 amazing it screams her heart out screams her heart out it's amazing i love it it's so cute it's so so cute And it's really good. So just watch Agretzico. You'll relate to it so hard, honestly. I've definitely been there. There have been definitely times where, like, I've had to go take a walk at some of my jobs. And if only mm-hmm. I could go to the karaoke room and just scream my heart out. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah. I honestly, when I watched it, I wasn't expecting 
like how relatable it was gonna be. I thought it was just gonna be cute or some shit, and I was like, "Yo, we're getting to that's me." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh shit! I experienced that. Like, oh my god, this little Sanrio character is telling me who I am. It's <laughs> amazing. Oh, oh my gosh. Thank you so much again for for sharing those recommendations. Before we kind of close out our episode, um, you mentioned your um, Q and anime series that you have coming up, Mary. But is there anything else that you want to um, share with our listeners about what Anime for Humanity has on the horizon or how people can get in touch with you? Um, We're going to be doing it. Now that we've, like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, um, we've got this team of like almost 20 people now. So we have like a lot of like projects that like we just didn't quite have the manpower for. Um, Now we do to like get up off the ground and going. We're working on doing a digital version of our anime therapy kit for people to download. We're working on um, kind of like a self journaling sort of little downloadable. You can do it digitally. You can print it out at home. Um, And then we're going to be kind of reworking the anime therapy kit, giving some touch-ups on it. And then hopefully by the fall we'll be, ready to reopen that for like schools libraries counselors psychologists to like email us and request them and we'll be all set to go to um send them some anime therapy kits (laughs) yes oh so exciting Yeah, and um, for our listeners at home, all of Anime for Humanity's uh, links will be available in the description of our episode. And make sure you're following us on social media at Fandom Femmes because we are definitely going to be um, sharing all of what Anime for Humanity has to offer. All right. Thank you so much, Mary. And thank you for sharing about Anime for Humanity. We're super excited to share more about your organization on our socials as well. So make sure to check them out, everyone. So... In fandom fans fashion. <laughs> be you. Be free. And do something nice for yourself today. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Bye.